0: you are listening to Written on Water, a podcast about death, life, and all the layers in between. I believe that by learning how to die well, we learn how to live and love completely. So listen and learn. Hello listeners. I've had the privilege of visiting many countries where the call to prayer beautifully calls to the soul. I've always had questions about the Muslim religion and now have been given the opportunity to ask them to expand my mind and open the heart. Today I'm honored to have Imam Talib Sharif on the show today from the Nation's Mosque in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello and thank you. Thank you. Pleased to be with you.
0: I'm really excited to have you here because I feel like this is a subject that many people aren't quite educated on. The Muslim religion is just full of history, and I think so many people are curious. So I think this is a wonderful podcast, and I'm really excited to have you here. So thank you.
1: It's an honor again to be on the show.
0: Can you do us a favor and start by telling us your role as an imam at the Nation's Mosque
1: Uh, Yes, Michelle, thank you for giving me that opportunity. I am the eighth, uh, uh, also I'm the president and the Imam of Meschim Mohammed the Nations Mosque, which is a 83-year-old community, uh, one of the oldest in America and certainly the oldest in our nation's capital and built the first mosque from the ground up by 100% American citizens. And they just happened to be descendants of enslaved Africans although it's very diverse today with over 40 uh, nations represented in the mosque, uh, one of the largest in our area. Uh, of course, as the president and the Imam, uh, I'm pretty much responsible for everything. Uh, so there's a, I guess you can say, uh, as the president part, uh, more involved in operations, the complete operations. And then of course, on the Imam side, uh, the spiritual leadership of the community Anywhere from marriages, uh, uh, individual counseling, education, Islamic education, uh, funeral services, uh, all kinds of counseling, representation. I'm also um, on several interfaith uh, organizations. I'm the chairman of the Interfaith Conference here in D.C., which is the oldest in America's history that brings Muslims, Christians and Jews together.
0: It sounds like you have your plate full. (laughs)
1: Yes, yes. Very full, cool, Michelle.
0: It's wonderful. And, you know, I, I think I read that you had a military history. Is that correct? So did you practice this while you were in the military?
1: Michelle, that's a good question. I, I spent 30 years in the United States Air Force. I'm very proud of that service. Uh, Muslims hadn't been in very long when I went in. So a lot of the accommodations weren't in place. So I, I went in as an active Muslim and began to pioneer the things that we didn't have. Such as we didn't have any chaplains. Uh, I served that role while in the military, not officially, but you know, in places we didn't have one. I helped uh, get the first chaplain. I helped get the Juma services available across the military, accommodations for the month of fasting, uh, and those kind of things. Also, got special um, uh, leave, uh, vacation to make the pilgrimage. Uh, We had those things also put on record.
0: Uh, Thank you for your service. And uh, yeah, also welcome. thank you for promoting religious freedom amongst the ranks. I think that's so important for, you know, to, to, help, to hold up the American ideal of supporting all communities. So I thank you for that.
1: Oh, yes, indeed. You're welcome. Thank you. So thank I
0: wanted you. to go into kind of Muslim tradition. I know it's steeped with rituals surrounding death and remembrance. What approach does a community take regarding contra- confronting mortality? You know, is death talked about and discussed? And is grief confronted? Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yes. Uh, yes, it's very much discussed. I, I, I would say sometimes um, much more openly than, than, than some of the other faith that we have on our faith conference. Um, you know, we have, uh, Almighty God says in the Quran, he says, in the, in the, in the Quranic language or the scriptural language, says, Kullu nefsun da'ikotul ma'ut. It says that every soul uh, shall taste death. And we're taught to, to live our life as though we're going to live forever, yet live our life as though we're going to die tomorrow. Huh. And when someone uh, is maybe told by the doctors, if, if they have some, some, some previous warning uh, that, you know, maybe they're a patient, they get ready to go into the hospital, whatever the case might be. Uh, then of course those are the times that we remind them of the scripture about death the process of death and one once someone passes one of the first things that a muslim is required to say i should say it's not mandatory but they, they they should say it based on tradition the first thing and again i'll say that in the traditional language and then i'll translate it again it says inna ilahi wa inna raja and, that, and that's a reminder, uh, not for necessarily the person, but also for those who are still living. It says, Truly, verily, we come from Almighty God, and to Him is our return. So that's the first thing. And then we do obviously condolences and everything else follows uh, that as we're reminded about life. Uh, life is about returns. We return, it's about returns. And then we look at the, the, the calendar uh, continues 12 months and they continue to repeat itself, the week continue to repeat itself, uh, these returns. And then we are reminded that we have to return, but how we return uh, is important. We are supposed to build upon the excellence uh, that we came here with every human being, regardless of their religions, uh, regardless of their race, uh, nationality, ethnicity, etc., they They are born upon a nature that's excellent, that's pure, that's innocent, that's loving, uh, that's ready to be shaped uh, into a beautiful human being.
0: Oh, that's uh, so beautiful.
1: Speak, yeah, so we're supposed to build upon that. You know, it's kind of like going to a classroom and a teacher said, you all have an A. Uh, it's up to you to build upon that, to keep it, et cetera. Uh,
0: so from the very start, <laughs> death is kind of acknowledged at the, you know, in all forms, right? So it's just... It's, it's just within your very being and your prayers all the time.
1: Yes, the Almighty God says that he, he created us, he gave us, he created uh, death and life. Uh, it's, 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 said, it's said like that in the Quran, he created death and life. And because uh, and we can, if you, if you need to, we can do a drawdown on that. And he said, um, so that he would give us an opportunity uh, to see who's going to develop that life, Uh, do good, do good with that life, uh, have the best expression with that life, and then enduring the test of this world uh, with that life.
0: I'm really curious about also how grief is confronted as well. I mean, is that talked about, you know, do people acknowledge sort of a grieving period or is it just move on? He's in a better place. Yeah.
1: No. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously there's a move on, but that's also grieving because Uh, Almighty God said he created laughter and tears (laughs) and uh, so being able to shed tears and he says that he is the one that has given us our nature and a part of our nature is an emotional nature so he acknowledges that we have an emotional nature that he's given us and he'd given that to us because the when we look at the process of life uh, life when it comes is connected to another human being again regardless of your race nationality etc this is the process of human life it's physically connected uh, to a human and uh so that there, there, there are ties there there are emotional ties and then when that baby that that cord is cut the baby is, comes from from the mother's body uh that that the baby has been in for around nine months uh those those that's some sensitivity and then that relationship that continue with once it comes out and taking care of that life, their emotions and then watching that life to grow up and then the relationships that develop, uh, we become close to each other. We are, we are social. We have a social nation because that speaks to a social nation uh, because it takes two to bring one. And Almighty God is saying that he put that in us and allows us to develop relationships. And then, and then he tells us, he reminds us, he says that in looking at the process of life, that there were some, that I would take early, before they have the chance to reach full strength, and uh, and Michelle, I I uh, I lost my two-year-old grandson, and he's in that category.
0: Oh, well, I'm uh, so sorry that, to hear that.
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, that Almighty God, It was a tragedy, but but those but he's in that that he said he allows some to reach full strength, and he takes them at that point, and then he says that some he allows to go back uh, to the uh, feeble state of knowing nothing after having known much. So again, you see this is a cycle. You come here dependent, you're weak, and then you grow and you, 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 you get strong, and then you turn to weakness again. And then I say some of you are to go back to a feeble age. Some have to have diapers put back on. Him. So this, again, this is this life, this cycle, uh, this return. But in the course of that day, most of he said he takes, at any point in that he could take that life, and he says it's his, because he gave the life. And he said he does that. He said, if he he said he is the one that determines the length of our mortal lives. So it's not up to us. And it's, it's, it's not of to us to decide how long someone will be here. He said he determines that. And um, so it lets us know that when it does happen, that that it was his choice, that it wasn't our choice. And he takes the life to let us know. See, if he didn't take the life, after we have been able to be so attached to it, to see it, to, to, to have the experience, he said that we will never appreciate and, and know how precious life is. We would take life for granted. Uh, so that that makes a, absolute sense. Yeah. So we, we, we focus on that and then we, we see that we, and we understand that, yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're not mad. We can't be mad. Uh, but we are sad because we have relationships there. We had emotions there. Uh, and this is why, again, we offer condolences, those kind of things, because that, that's going to be a, that's, that's a space. Uh, that will be void now uh, for a time because it was a part of something that we shared, we shared space together and uh, but again, we were reminded that God he chose he's the one that gave us a life upon the excess of life, and that it's now what we consider to be a reward time uh, because this life is it is given to us as a as a test to get to something that, that's a, that's a more lasting. Uh, where we don't have, we have challenges to our life here. We have things we have to face here. Absolutely. There's a
0: Buddhist saying that if you, you can't appreciate peace if you don't have war, right? It's just those dualities need to exist in order to appreciate.
1: Yes, yes. And those challenges, what brings out the good potential in our our human souls. uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the Muslim tradition, what are the beliefs around when somebody dies? Like, are there prayers at the deathbed are there rituals around the body and um mourning yes, yes, can you give yeah. us a little insight into that uh, yes certainly
1: um certainly there, there's a lot of uh reading before the person passes when they're trying i've done i've done four in the past week uh some of our, our elderly we had to spend time with them as they transition and we say transition and um so when they pass Uh, One of the things that has to take place uh, is certainly uh, getting them prepared uh, for their interment or their place uh, where their remains will rest. And this is where some of the the precious rituals come in. Uh, And uh, those are very important. We've had to get those things also. Just, Just a note here that also within the Department of Veterans Affairs, me being a veteran, I had a chance to meet with the Director of Veterans Affairs to speak about those rights that I'm getting ready to explain to you now. Uh, just as others, Native Americans and others, are also wanting things to be done a certain way. Um, so that, that first thing that has to take place, obviously, is getting the person taken care of. And um, there's a there's a ritual washing that takes place. And that washing uh, is really it's the same type of washing they would do before they make their prayers. The five prayers that Muslims make a day. Uh, there's a certain way they're supposed to be, be washed in terms of the ritual.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Um, and it, and it has to be, it's supposed to be those who are closest to that person. Uh, so the remains are not, uh, you know, it's not just something that you just allow others to come in and that you don't know from the funeral home and just decide to prepare the remains. Uh, no, you're supposed to have those who are close because it, it's, it's, to, it's to get the person to, to be a part of the process, that this is a part of life, death is a part of life. And, uh, and it's also, it's a therapy uh, in it when you have, A husband cleaning his wife, or vice versa, or family members, sons, daughters, you know, those kind of things. Good friends, uh, those who knew them, that's a part of the process. the ritual, you have to treat the person, even though they have transitioned, as though they are still alive when you clean them. You can't Mm -hmm. break a bone, you have to handle them very gently, and you have to wash them with care, as though they are still with us uh, physically and once they have been cleaned the ritual cleaning has taken place uh then there is uh, the shrouding and shrouding is a tradition that goes way back uh in this society uh we know i think our jewish brothers and sisters they still uh, have shrouding i know that
0: yeah they uh, do that yeah rabbi that i spoke to had mentioned a very similar tradition in yes. judaism so
1: yeah and it was something obviously we know also within our christian faith because we here in this society and around the world, really about the shroud of uh, of Jesus, peace be upon him, that he was shrouded as well. And again, that was a, that's a that's tradition of the prophets. When we can look at uh, how they buried that there was a shrouding that has taken place. Uh, and the shrouding, one of the things in this on the shroud, is is generally something that's white and clean and pure. And it is it is said, um, Michelle, that the Quran compares death to sleep and says that they they are akin to each other. It's a, it's, a, it's a state of, of, of sleep. So when you sleep, uh, you, can, you can look at it. And some people say they look like they're sleeping. When you see one that has passed and, 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 they're, and, they're, and you have the view and they say it looks like they're asleep.
0: Mm-hmm. When
1: you look at a person that's asleep, they, the person is experiencing things, but we don't know what they're experiencing because we can't see that. that that's, that's beyond us. And then things are registering. They're experiencing things. So one of the, one of the things uh, that is said that when the, when the shroud takes place, in uh, that ritual prepares them. It said that wrapping the shroud around them. They said one of the, the fillings. Uh, one of the traditions says it's as though angel with white wings is, is embracing, has, has wrapped their wings around the person to oh. comfort. Them. That's just saying that's one of the things that register. It's beautiful that we don't see that they that they're experiencing that the soul is experiencing uh, at that time. And uh, once that takes place, the shroud that is taking place um then we have the the next the next thing is to have the prayer it's a very special prayer uh that's done uh from a standing position you stand in honor uh this was something that our dear prophet the first piece upon him that he taught uh he wasn't he wasn't one that would stand for a person that was living you know we do that today in in, in life for different people based mm-hmm. on status or whatever but he didn't stand for people but one day he stood for someone that had passed and it wasn't even muslim and his companions were very curious as to why because they never know him to stand for someone that's living hmm. and and he began to, to tell them to teach them to how to honor that that the remains because that remains uh is, is something that is completely obedient the body is completely obedient uh to almighty god even if you tell it to do wrong it obeys you because it, it's obeying God because God gave it to obey you. But the body uh, doesn't get judged, so to speak. It's the person inside, the soul, that's one that has to go back to be questioned. The body not questioned about the wrong that you had it had it done. So, so we there's a there's a standing, and and in in prayer. Four times, we say, God is great. God is greater. God is bigger. God is more important. Uh, you've heard the expression a lot Akbar, that starts you said this, that's said four times, but after each one, uh, there are some special things said, special prayers that are said uh, for that person Doing those four things. No bowing, no prostration, just standing. And of course, four uh, represents universal, universals, north, south, east, and west. Uh, And then uh, I just, just to briefly uh, there's the most said prayer that said that the person would have said all their life that you have to say in your daily prayers.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: a prayer that connects Muslim Christians and Jews together in the second. After you hear Allah Akbar again, then there's a prayer that connects the life of Christians, all people of faith, actually. Uh, the third time you hear Allah Akbar, then there's a special prayer that's said for the person. Uh, and then in the fourth time you hear it, then there's a prayer uh, that's for everybody that remains that's still remaining, age, young, old, etc. Uh, and, and I love we, that
0: thought that there's also a prayer for those who are still here. Yes, yes. We all certainly need the help, right?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And then the next thing that's done is uh, we're transporting uh, the remains uh, to the place of internment. And uh, at the place of internment, ge- generally, the, the, the goal or the idea uh, is to put the remains that's wrapped in the shroud in a coffin that's made into the earth uh, meaning that you could um, put a, a niche in the side go down and put a niche in the side and place the coffin there or you would play, lay it on the ground and you would um uh, uh prepare the grave in such a way that you can put a boards or boards on top of the grave mm-hmm. so that in the, the earth really is the coffin itself uh, that's the idea.
0: It again, be, oh, it's to be. It's really a very natural burial. Is the goal? Yeah, everything
1: is very natural. See, the whole the whole concept is, and I, and I know our Jewish brothers and others are saying that mm-hmm. when, the, when the soul detaches uh, the body, because the body was assigned to that soul, it 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 knows that it has been detached, and it knows it can't serve that soul anymore. It can't give the expression. You know, the soul. Express itself the invisible in, that's in the body expresses itself through the visible and that's the body itself mm-hmm. that's how maybe that's how i'm able to speak to you now uh so if my soul detaches and i can't speak i don't have anything it, it can't it can't it's not useful uh now so now it, it wants to go back to being useful uh to something so it eventually starts breaking down because it wants to go back to the earth that it came from and we know that we have safe sayings and some of some of the religious faith that says you know if we come from the dust and we
0: I think it's so interesting that there. I think it's so interesting that there's so many crossovers to Judaism. It's it's really. I don't think I ever realized that. You know,
1: that's the idea. Oh. And then and then once the once the remains are there, uh, it's, it's 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 encouraged uh, that again, the family members cover, not not allow someone else. That's that's optional, and it should be a vast result. But really, the, the the community of those that knew that person should to, 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 to go ahead and cover that person. And, um, and then they're repeating things uh, about the traditions of the prophets uh, in the course of this. And then once, once the covering is complete, uh, everything is shaped and then there's, there, there's some uh, more prayers. But at that time, uh, people are, are told not to start having conversations, casual conversations, uh, that if they're not praying for that person, that they should leave, and allow yeah. that person to to rest in peace, yeah. uh, and not do anything to disturb. It's like if you're sleeping, just like babies sleep, you don't want to disturb them. It's about resting now, because the Quran says, oh, uh, you soul, in complete rest and satisfaction, return." So that re- this, the same word that I said earlier is used in this in this other other verse. It says, "Return to your Lord, well pleased." and pleasing and so that that's a reminder to those who are living in order to have complete rest and satisfaction that there are two pleasures in this life that you should you should have not one but two pleasures you should be pleased with yourself and the life that you live and you should be in your and you should be pleasing to the one who gave you the life the creator that gave you the life and i said that's what allows you to have complete rest and satisfaction and we always say rip, you know, rest in peace, because it's about now being able to have that complete rest. And also uh, not, and again, treating, treating the remains again as it was living, not to have disturbances uh, to disturb uh, the rest, uh, which is why that's that's said at that particular time. And I
0: not- think that's a really nice thought. Just, you know, being satisfied with the life you've lived and your creator. I think that's something we should all remember <laughs> as we're living. Yes, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Is there any way you could give us just a little excerpt of one one of the prayers, just so we can hear what it sounds like?
1: Yes, uh, one one of the prayers, uh I'll say it in the classical language and then I'll translate it if that's okay.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Okay, and I'll I'll say it um uh, uh in
2: the uh, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Ailemin Ar-Rahman Yur-Rahim Maliki Yawm al-Din Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'in Dina, Sirota, Mustaki, Sirota, Ladina, and Anta, lay him Gay, Ray, Moguldu, be a and
1: in English, that is. Uh, so this will be the first. When you you first hear the God is more important, uh, greater, bigger, uh, then this is uh, one of the prayers you will say first. I seek refuge with Almighty God uh, from Satan uh, the rejected. With God's name, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer. The complete and perfect praise and thanks are due to Almighty God, the guardian evolver, the cherisher and the sustainer of all systems of knowledge, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer, the sole judge on the day of judgment. We worship you only and we turn only to you for help and assistance. Show us, guide us the straight way the way of those who receive your blessings, your favor, not the way of those that incur wrath or go astray. Amen. I so that's that's the first uh in the in of those four uh Allah Akbars after each one, that's that's what's said after the first
0: one. That's beautiful. Just it's not just so, so soulful.
1: No, <laughs> oh, thank you, Michelle.
0: Yeah. And um while we're on that soul train, I had a question about the afterlife. Uh, do Muslims believe in reincarnation or what's, what's the path once one has departed?
1: Okay, once one has departed, there, there are stages uh, that, that, that life goes through. One of those, mistake, one of those stages, uh, Michelle, I kind of mentioned earlier when I mentioned that, that death is close to sleep. You know, when you're sleeping, you experience. Uh, there are good, there are good things that one may experience, and there's some bad things that one may experience. Some may call them nightmares. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, when you're having a nightmare, you you, you realize that you hoping somebody will wake you up, and that doesn't always happen. And sometimes you wake yourself up, and sometimes um, you will make some noise, and someone know something's wrong and they make it shake you to wake you up. But there are also times when you're having pleasant uh, dreams, and you don't want anyone to wake you up. And you get upset sometimes when someone wakes you up. So I was dreaming about so-and-so. Yeah. Well, in this, in the first stage, uh, you're in this stage, uh, with the, the soul is disconnected from the body, uh, but it's in this uh, sleep-like state. And it bega- it begins immediately to receive uh, the, re- what we would call it the rewards or the feelings based on the, what is life produced, based on what is life yielded. If it's life yielded, um a lot of harm to itself and others, uh, then of course those feelings are not gonna be pleasant. If the life yielded a lot of productivity, resourcefulness and benefit uh to itself and others didn't respect the life that it was given, etc. Uh then of course those immediate feelings, thoughts and scenes uh become become pleasurable. Uh so those that's that's one of the, the, the first stages uh that take place uh then uh and because there's this judgment really is taking place while we're living and of course once you pass it's, it's done it, it's no more judgment uh and then there's some other stages that will take place when that's going to be uh from that state or that state is going to be it's going to be seemingly as just like some dreams seem mm-hmm. real and you just this just seems so real but well, well, that's that's that's, that's going to be the reality the state and again the other thing is because uh, it's something that's 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 not good feelings. Then of course you can't wake up because this, that's that's now something that you sent forth, uh, that you have to deal with uh, because of the way you treated yourself and others uh, in the life that you were given. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's the time when they there's the the final uh, uh, judgment and clarity. Uh, there's some there's some questioning that takes place. The angel, there to the angel that comes to question you uh, about. Your life, about the Creator, about His guidance, and those kinds of things. Uh, and then, of course, then, uh, depending on, it, it speaks about uh, your record, your record of deeds, mm-hmm. uh, given in the right hand versus the left hand. And of course, if it's the right hand, uh, then of course, then the transition to you will be that everlasting uh, uh, felicity. Uh, and it speaks about a garden. You know, we love gardens, we love beautiful gardens. And paradise is painted as a picture of a garden. Uh, and in and fact, that, that, that verse that I read to you in English, uh, where God said, where God says, return, O you soul, in complete rest and satisfaction, return you to your Lord, pleased and pleasing. Return, uh, you say, enter you, my servant, my devotee, enter you, uh, my garden. And, it's, it's garden. and it says, janeti. Uh, the word is jannati. Uh, now, Michelle, if anybody that's listening knows knows the Arabic language, uh, they automatically when they heard jannati, uh, that's 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 possessive. It's like I'm saying also my garden, uh, but also the way it's written, it, it has connotation for both. It's God's garden that He has prepared, but it's also your garden because you prepared that garden. You prepared this wonderful place with the with the life that you live, You prepared this wonderful garden for you. That's why that's why word precedes it. Uh, this soul is in complete rest return. Please, please enter you now, this garden. But he has that connotation because it's something that you'd also prepare. And again, it's the place that at that time where there's nothing that will work against your life. Uh, like in this life, where there's always going to be things that work against our life because our life has to be challenged to bring out the excellence in it
0: hmm. and
1: the good potentialness in it. And But in the next and of course, nothing works against the life.
0: Wow. I mean, I like that concept of the garden. (laughs) It's, it makes it very inviting, you know. Um, And question for you. And I ask all my guests these questions, but do you have a personal vision of the afterlife? I mean, you know, do you, do you think you see relatives or loved ones? You know, what's your, what's your picture of it?
1: Yeah, there, there, there's a picture uh, where it says you will be with those who you love. Um there, there will be relatives and in the Quran says that when you when you arrive that you're gonna there's some there's gonna be some things um that you're gonna say this reminds me of something before. And um so they're gonna they're gonna be things that's gonna please us. More things that are gonna please us. Obviously there's not gonna be things that's gonna displease there's gonna be things that are gonna please us. Uh, everything. In fact, there are some reports and, and the prophets uh, peace be upon him, some of the things he gave us that things are going to be so pleasing and attractive. We're just going to uh, want almost even a tree, a tree just to be with a certain tree, It'll be up under the tree to shade the way it is. It's so beautiful. Um, you know, it's kind of, again, I, I have to the reference is God gives us these dreams that state that sometimes you don't know so you don't know how long you've dreamed. You don't know how long you've been asleep. Mm-hmm. So the concept of time, uh, in, in the, in the status that I was giving you earlier about when you first go into this, you don't you don't know you have no concept, and um, uh, so that's why God says everybody at some point will they will all be raised, and they say, well, how can someone who passed millions of years ago and someone who just passed yesterday, if this is the big the big day here, how can that be? That's again with God, you know, He controls time, and. Um, you can sleep for a minute and thought you slept uh for hours. You can sleep for hours and think you only slept for a minute. You know, you just have to do you you're in a state now. We I have no, no conscience of uh of that. Uh so the same thing in dreams, uh if you're having a pleasant dream, I mean you can do all kinds of things that you wanna do. It's just so pleasing and so so I kind of picture it as that kind of place where nothing just I don't have the kind of restrictions because i mean i haven't i haven't put my life in a in a situation uh and, and, I, and i continue to pray michelle that i'm one of those who received the record so to speak in the right hand uh and not the left hand because the left hand is just that's the that state the ones who mistreated themselves and others etc uh then they just have a they they this, we, the belief of muslims is that the soul uh, that god gave life that it never dies you know once he gives life to that soul, that it never dies uh, so, it has a life of satisfaction or it has a life of regret. You can, it's, it just exists in regret. And you can imagine uh, someone just regretting in, this, in their life just being in a state of disregret. And there are other things that are happening that are not pleasant uh, in that state. And it, it reminds us that, you know, because we didn't uh, return upon the excellence that God gave us. Uh, so, and He gives us every opportunity, plus, He lets us know that uh, he rewards us um, with the Muslim belief is that anytime you do something good, you get, you get the the rewards of 10 to go towards your record. 10 times is multiplied 10 times. Hmm. And if you've done something that goes against the life or against people around it, that he only gives you one. So he gives you 10 to one. So you have ample opportunity to really advance on the right and left. So really someone who has advanced to the left means they really, have done so much things against themselves and against others, etc. Uh, to be so,
0: there is them. redemption possibilities.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the last question that I ask everybody is: Considering all the experience you've been through, and I'm sure you've had some, you have some stories. Um, what is the most important piece of advice you've learned that you want to share with our listeners?
1: Well, I would like to share with listeners. Uh, from me speaking with uh, again, as a I, I had to deal with a lot of people transitioning, and uh, and and uh, when they see it coming, it's the, the terrible thing is that they now it's, it's, it, the Quran speaks about an hour. As things start to flash. You start to see things. Uh, it was it was uh, not pleasant for the ones who who mistreated themselves at that time. Uh, but the good news was. Uh, that everybody doesn't have that kind of time to realize it and then to repent at that particular time. Really God lets us know that if you can repent before you transition with sincerity, that He accepts it. And uh so everybody doesn't that, that that's not a fortune everybody. We don't we, that kind of compassion and mercy is not a given some people they 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 have to transition. Uh so be conscious of the life and what you do to yourself and others because no, none of us know what time God is going to decide for us to return since he say it's his decision. It's not our decision. It's his decision. I know there are different things happen in society. Not what people say they get to choose, uh, but even in that, it's, it's only within what God permits, even, even in that uh, as well. So just be conscious of, of the life that we have in terms of how we progress that life and how we advance that life. Or oppress that life or mistreat that life. And that's about our life and the life of others as well.
0: I think that's some pretty good advice. Think first <laughs> before yes, acting. Yes
1: ma'am. yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am.
0: Well, I want to thank you so much for spending the time with me this morning. Um, I think this thank is you. all such wonderful and important information. And I think it'll be really educational for our listeners. So thank you so much. And thanks for the good work that you're doing and Yo, spreading you're welcome, the knowledge.
1: You're welcome, and I just want to commend you on uh, making this topic available, because again, like you mentioned earlier on at the beginning, it's something a lot of people don't speak about, and we, we should hear the various views on it uh, yeah. to help us be more conscious about it. There's something, it has to be something that with there's so many views about this process, and we all, nobody gets out of life, so to speak.
0: You've been listening to Written on Water. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Until soon.